Good evening, good evening. Well, Happy New Year. It's 2022, January the 7th, and it is 7.32 Pacific Standard Time. Welcome to the Urban Village, where the community, an old school community, is alive and well. Congratulations. We are here, present, in 2022. That is saying a lot. Unprecedented. But I wanted to take time this week and go back to the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, which was to bring back the village, the old school house party on Friday evenings where family was everything, where community was everything. The people who allowed you to lick your wounds and gave you the courage, as extended family does, to go ahead and dream and achieve. And for me, that was in this little town in the East San Fernando Valley of Bacoima. Growing up in Bacoima in the 1960s, now I'll give you a little background. Bacoima is a town that started in the 1920s for African Americans. And it was um, a place where during the Great Migration, blacks from the South made their way in the Midwest, made their way to Pacoima. Now, Pacoima is only one of three towns west of the Mississippi with no racial covenants on the deed. What does that mean? It means that if you are black, if you wanted to own a home, you could. Because we knew that in the Midwest and the South, contract deeds uh, prohibited blacks from getting a deed. Even if you are a Los Angeles city resident in the city of Los Angeles, in the city of Los Angeles, the deeds will say no colors allowed. However, if you brought land in Bacoima, meaning you bought a home in Bacoima, Valverde, which was supposed to be the Black Palm Springs. Yes, Valverde. And there's a history about Valverde, and I'll share that with you. And Compton. There is nothing, if you look at the physical deed, that says no coloreds allowed. Only three places west of the Mississippi that that did not exist. And, you know, as we look at what's going on in the country, in terms of voting rights, in terms of doing and taking apart some of the uh, constitutional amendments, That was the thing that made this so powerful, is that this was home. It could never be taken away. And there are literally people right now trying to take and figure a way to keep this on the books. Why? Because you can take homes. But Bacoima was refuge. It was home to more than 10,000 families, homeowners people who had their own homes, had decent jobs. Remember, General Motors, yes, the General Motors, um, some of the first integration that doesn't get talked about 
in terms of good paying blue collar jobs happened right in the San Fernando Valley in Van Nuys, California at the Fisher Body Plant when they integrated the plant. And that allowed young black men straight out of high school, some even not out of high school, just that didn't finish to, you know, make a good living. And, you know, unbeknownst to what it looks like today, the American Automobile Union was a very, very lucrative paying job for men. My father, Patrick Barris, God rest his soul, um, gave us a good life. And he worked at General Motors. He started off on the assembly line painting cars, and that was a very difficult job. But it gave him security. He was able to move up. And um, it was just a way of life for hundreds of you know families. Bitcoin was a really interesting town. We talk about Black Wall Streets, and there were hundreds of them, let's be clear, in the country. The most famous is Greenwood, Oklahoma. But, you know, I like to think that Bacoima was one of those uh, successful towns. It was its own success. We had everything. We had a hospital. We had it all. And there was love. There was community. I think that's what's missing today. We don't have that. But I wanted to share a little bit about that. And if you get a chance, listen to my podcast with Lloyd Prevost, whose family goes back to the 1920s. And he really gives you a really deep dive into Pacoima. I was trying to reach out to, you know, the original Bev. And, you know, let me just circle back. The Urban Village podcast is an amour of love to um, my novel, the series, called Claretta Street, which is based on um, these four girls growing up in the 1960s, the babies, and you take a journey through their eyes, the lens of the world. So if you haven't peeped it, peep it. I got secrets to tell you about that, but can't do it now. Anyway, Deborah Lowe will be my guest in a few weeks. And why is Deborah Lowe important? Her family owned Joe's Swing Shop. And since everything is really musically kind of the backdrop of urban culture today, Joe's Swing Shop was all things important in Bacoima and the greater Los Angeles, Southern California area. Long before we had um, Live Nation and all of these other um, commercial um, corporations, there was Joe Swing Shop, which was a hub of black music, entertainers, and Deborah Lowe is going to give us some of those stories. Can't wait, Deborah. This evening, I was trying to reach the original Bev, one of the characters in my novel. Couldn't get her. We were going to have a sit down and we're going to have that sit down next week. So I'm not going to really get into a lot of the stories because that's going to be when we roll out. Next week, we're going to try something different. When I get Bev, we're going to simultaneously uh, do the show and also have a Facebook Live. 
And so you might want to kind of just keep your eyes and ears open for that and join us as that's going to be a blast. All right, let's unpack the week. I hope it wasn't too much for you. I know February, excuse me, January the 6th with Hot was really, really hard. Um, it was the one year anniversary of that, the craziness, the madness. And uh, I think for a lot of us, particularly for people of color, for black folk, for brown folk, um, we try to miss it, as they say, miss me, because we have to endure so much. And every day, you know, it's not just sometimes where you can just say, okay, um, I'll pack my feelings. We live in an alternate universe where, you know, we're just trying to dodge the proverbial bullet and it gets tiring. So I think a lot of us were just remembering the whole January 6th thing and thinking, my goodness, if we would have even thought about that in our head, <laughs> they probably would have figured a way to microwave their thoughts out and, you know, annihilate and exterminate all of us. But to see, you know, HBO and others make documentaries, it, I think it, it's, it's, it's traumatizing and everyone deals with that differently. For some people, it's just like, ah, shut down. For other people, it's anger. For other people, it's just, you know, you walk away from anything that is remotely reflective of the time we live in. But I think we'll get through it, you know? We have to remember our village and to rely on it, to really rely on it, because that's the thing that has gotten us through in the past. And we really need to lean in to that village now. We, we really do. We, we must lean in. We've got to. Um, we lost Sidney Poitier today. Sir Sidney Poitier today. I was 94. You know, sometimes we lost um, the last surviving golden girl. Um, but, you know, it's such a blessing to get old now that I think about the joy. We lost Betty White. I'm sorry, we lost Betty White, the original one of the original Golden Girls. But, you know, it was a blessing that we had them and their memories, you know, almost 100 for her. And Sidney Poitier was 94. Um, we think about the people uh, with COVID who one day are fine and the next day they're not. You know, you're all grown, you're grown, but you know you should be vaccinated. Can't make you, but you know you should. So the least you can do, and I beg you, you may go, so why are you begging? Because life is precious and I love you all. Wear your mask, no more, you know, cloth mask. If you're gonna wear the paper surgical mask, double them. Really what we need right now are K95s. Those are the masks that you actually, they're, they're referred to as a dental mask. They go behind one of your right ear and your left ear. And then the N95, which is really what you need in public. 
uh, N95. N is in Nancy, the number 95. Omicron is incredibly contagious. I can't tell you the number of people I see out lined up. And then, you know, it's just, it's just a crazy time. We live in crazy time. It's crazy town. You know, you have your anti-vaxxers who will tell you, you know, look, they were fully vaccinated and they still got it. Told you, told you, told you. Um, but I want to like really kind of have everyone kind of step back and let's just talk some basic science. We needed to get to herd immunity. Herd immunity happens right around, you know, eight, well, 90 percent, 85 to 90 percent of the population. And we only have 78 percent of the population in this country with one shot, with one shot, with one shot. You know, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, if they told you, think about it. You know, polio was eradicated because people got vaccinated. You know? It wasn't, it wasn't even like you had a choice. Where did this shit come from where you just decide what you're going to do? You know? And I'm talking about in our community, in our community of color. To do nothing means a certain meeting with COVID. And it's really hard on you. So, you know, yeah, with the Spanish influenza, there was no antibiotics and they got through it. But you know what? Every single person wore a mask. Right? You know, I, I, I go out and, you know, people are like laughing, eating out in public. And I'm like, you know, the checks are done. There's no money coming in. You know, they made sure they got it all back. I told you that <laughs> before Christmas. Now, now we've got a little reckoning to do. We can get out of it. Um, my opinion, um, Chicago teachers said, you know what? We're going to take the next two weeks off and make sure we get our students tested. And if they're test positive, that they're quarantined and that we can get a hold of this because we don't want to go back because there's such a shortage of teachers right now. If this virus takes off, there's not even substitutes that can make it happen. So we've got to be strategic. So please, everyone, you know you've grown. Can't tell you what to do, but you know what you should do. But what you must do is wear the correct mask. K95s, N95s, please. Well, don't know if there'll be a Super Bowl. That's how bad it is for all y'all non-believers. Uh, the NFL and their love affair money, they may have to walk away from it. Or take it to another city. Or postpone it. Don't know. Have to see. Have to see. Don't know. Joe Madison is still on his hunger strike. I've lost count of the day. Let me see if I can pull up how many days Joe Madison has been on his hunger strike. I'll come back to that. And why is he on a hunger strike? 
passage of the John Lotus, excuse me, the John Lewis Voter Protection Act. President Biden, what's up? What's up? Get it done. Because if you don't do that, nothing else is going to matter. Forget Build Back Better. Forget the infrastructure. You must get voting rights done. Stop playing. Stop trying to figure out, well, I'll anger these people. It won't matter if you don't pass it because everything else is going to be down the drain. Please, President Biden, pass it. Pass it. Please pass it. Okay, I'm going to look up how many days Joe Madison has, in fact, been on a hunger strike. And I want to recommend a movie while I'm at it. And that is King Richard with Will Smith about the Venus, the Richard Williams, Venus Williams, Serena Williams story. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. In addition, um, on ABC and on Hulu, um, the Emmett Till story, the women of the uh, movement. Excellent. Excellent. This is day 57 of the hunger strike for Joe Madison. 57. I'm going to read you this, and this is from the Washington Post. Radio host Joe Madison is on a hunger strike for voting rights. It says, it was Monday, day 57 of Joe Madison's hunger strike. No solid foods. He vowed until Congress passes laws protecting the voting rights of all Americans. I called the Sirius XM radio talk show at his home in D.C. to see how long he thought he could keep it up. Madison is 72 and has battled cancer. With the hunger strike, he's taking a risk. But this is what Joe Madison said. This is not business as usual. The way I see it. We are coming to the end of the second reconstruction in this country and the Voting Rights Act and gains of the 1960s are under attack, just like they were under attack during the post-reconstruction era following the Civil War. That's something. That's really something. He goes on to say, the first time it was Jim Crow and the Ku Klux Klan. This time it's James Crow, Esquire, and the Proud Boys. They are relentless. We need everybody on the battlefield for this one. According to the report by the Brennan Center for Justice Voting Rights, more than 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access were introduced in 49 states during the 2021 legislative sessions. At least 19 states have already passed 34 laws restricting voting rights. People, people, Family, everyone, everyone, call, email, write your local, state, federal officials. Jam the phone, email President Biden. Don't you see the writing is on the wall? Say what you must, but look at what is really going on. Don't get distracted by the other things. Did you hear that? 49 states 
more than 440 bills with provisions to restrict voting rights. Family, we have to come together as a community. It's time. We can talk about all the frivolous things we want to, but this, this is real. We can go back and talk about Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, but this, this is now. 440 bills in 49 states. At least 19 states have already passed 34 laws restricting access to voting. If we don't get the John Lewis voting rights legislation in, those things stand. So it doesn't matter. We will not get to exercise the right to vote. Wake up, people. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. It's time. You can choose not to. But you don't even have a clue what this world will be like, this country will be like if we don't wake up. We built this country on our backs. We spend a trillion dollars a year here. Wake up, people. Wake up. Find your village. Find your voice. Don't get distracted because you gotta realize something. All these alternative voices, they're new. What got us through the 60s, and remember the 60s was just 10 short years, was our village, our commitment to see progress in the here and now. Not this other, not this other. Don't be tricked. In 2022, Let's stay with what's real. Remember I just said 419 provisions in 40 states. Wake up, wake up. There is nothing more important for us as a community, as a village, and we're letting it slip away. We're getting caught up in everything but what we need to be all these alternative voices, if we don't have protection for the vote, nothing else matters. You may say, I'm gonna do my own thing. What's gonna protect you? It will be gone. Instead of it being 2022, it'll be 1887, the last year that hit and reconstruction was over and the horrific treatment. We're here now. Ahmad Aubrey. George Floyd, it never went away. And the protection that made those things at least punishable, they will go too. I thank you, Joe Madison, day 57 of a hunger strike. And I'm telling you, village, please, nothing else matters. We must resonate, we must vibrate to make President Biden get this signed with no provisions, just sign it in whole, no changes. We have to do this. The journey, it could be over. 
You know, we have so many blessings, so many things that they're narcotic to us moving forward. And that's why we need the village to reclaim community and the dream and the hope and the aspirations. So in closing, remember, the story is never told until the lion is the storyteller and the hunter is not. Stay well, stay free of COVID, wear your mask. Remember, we must have voting rights. This has been a Brown Bear, Reggie Vallon production in association with Don Carter, Patrick Bolton, and Karen Bennett. Wake up.